Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The following is a CA original. The Mighty Sound of the South, tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom Three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast. What's happening, Tiger football fans? We are back for a second week in a row uh, for another Tiger football podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, sports columnist for the Commercial Appeal. I'm joined by Evan Barnes, our Tiger football beat writer, as well as Jason Munns, our Tiger basketball beat writer, but also football enthusiast. Uh, another Big week. Big week on the podcast. Big week for the Tigers. Big game against Cincinnati Saturday at Nippert Stadium uh, in Cincinnati. Match of last year's AAC championship game. Uh, the two best teams in the AAC from a year ago. Potentially the two best teams in the AAC this year. Cincinnati ranked in the top 10. Memphis with a chance to kind of announce itself as, you know, maybe a favorite in the AAC if they can win this game. I think, I think it's safe to say Cincinnati is considered the favorite right now. There's some, even some golf talk surrounding them because they've risen to number seven in the national polls, but um, Memphis coming off of a 41, 29 win over temple. That was, you know, not, not spectacular by any means, but in this crazy, 2020 season I think you just take the wins where you can get them and move on obviously there's probably some things there's definitely some things they need they're going to need to clean up in order to beat Cincinnati but um I'll throw it to you Evan first general of uh this game this week and 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 what Memphis is facing and 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 sort of where they've come so far this season well I'll start by saying the second half of that Temple game was good was really good the first half was terrible. And I think you kind of summed it up in your column that this is kind of what we're going to have to expect with this team where they're good enough to win these games, but it's clearly a step down from the previous three. Even, I'll say better than 2018, but obviously not 17, 19 teams. Um, but what you do like is how in the second half, Memphis hit a switch and that seventh place sequence where they had two turnover, two takeaways and two touchdowns was huge. And I think that kind of showed that this team can make plays when they need to and get stops. Um, But I said last week, if they gave up too many yards to Temple, I would be worried about the secondary. And voila, they gave up 500 yards total offense to a Temple team that none of us would consider a great offense. Well, and I would just say, Temple quarterback, they would have had more yards. But I, I would just say to you, like, I think the jury's still out on this team. Like, if they beat, you know, like we're going to learn everything we need to know about this Memphis team. I find this game against Cincinnati so interesting. Like this is who, like, are they actually capable of winning another AAC championship? This weekend will decide that, I think. Um, I, I, because I think this I is, agree. I mean, 
Yeah, we've heard these coaches. I mean, you hear – I believe the way Ryan Silverfield put it was Cincinnati has the best defensive line in the league, the best linebackers in the league, and the best secondary in the league. Um, and and, and they've got a, a dual Yeah, and for good measure, Mike McIntyre said today that the, tight, that the Cincinnati O-line is the best that they've played so far. So what aren't they good at? What aren't they good at at this point? This Cincinnati team is legit top 10 in the country. Um, they obviously are dual threat with Desmond Ritter. You were mentioning him. Uh, you look at the Cincinnati team and you're asking yourself, well, it's a great opportunity for Memphis, but at the same time, can Memphis win this game? Well, they're going to have to play better than they did against Temple. That's for sure to win it. They're going to have to play, frankly, they're going to have to play better than they have all season. Now that's not to say they can't do it. I mean, we've seen some, you know, and they're going to need, frankly, you know, like Brady White was pretty good against Temple. You know, he had that horrendous interception in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter. But I think they're going to need the Brady White that that played against UCF to beat to beat Cincinnati, given this given this defense and and given the team they're going up against. And and then you know, there's obvious like the narrative part of this really favors. Cincinnati in the sense that like there's just natural they want payback after Memphis beat them two times in back-to-back weeks last week Jason when you when you look at the stakes of this game um what do you think it means what do you think not what it means for Memphis but what it means for this this team you know like what, what what's your impressions of 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 as we head into this game I think the I mean from a from a strictly um, practical standpoint, obviously it would put Memphis closer to the driver's seat. Uh, I mean, like, you know, it would, it would give Memphis a lot of momentum, a win would give Memphis a ton of momentum going forward. A lot of, a lot of confidence, uh, that sort of thing. Um, a loss, uh, I don't think it would, you know, derail anybody's, uh, confidence level in, in Memphis. I mean, cause we've, as, as you guys change the trajectory of the program or anything, it just, I do think a loss probably, it it certainly makes you a long shot to go to the AAC championship game. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, you look at the standings right now and Memphis is, uh, I mean, there's a log jam at the top kind of, right. I mean, uh, Cincinnati, um, like uh, Cincinnati SMU now has one loss after losing to Cincinnati, Tulsa, I believe, has right. not lost in conference. That's yeah. correct. There's Cincinnati, Memphis Tulsa, with one loss. Cincinnati, Tulsa, Houston lead AAC right now. Yeah, and yeah. then you've got Houston as well. Like, I just think it's it's hard to me if, – if they lost two games and don't have tiebreakers with SMU and Cincinnati, like, it's not to say it's impossible, but, it you know, like we saw two years ago, 2018, when they were 4-4. Four and four, and then ended up making the championship game. Now these are different circumstances, but you never say never. It just would, it would be a lot harder. Whereas if you win this Cincinnati game, I think you're in the driver's seat to, 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 to secure a spot. You, you control your own destiny at that point, if you can beat Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, I mean, because you, at this point you will have played UCF, you'll have played SMU and you will have and you still have a game against Houston left that you could win to, you know, get a tiebreaker over them or whatever. Like, so you control your own destiny at the very least, but um, it's interesting though, because Evan, how, you know, the, I thought the defense played better 
in that game against Temple. Like the yardage was bad, but they created, they forced four turnovers. They got stops when they needed to. They did, frankly, they did that against UCF as well and against SMU. They've shown an ability to at least get stops when they want to. It seems like they maybe have figured out something in the secondary by giving Rodney Owens a bigger role, like something, not everything, something. You know, they're still giving up. 400 yards a game or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Past events hasn't been good. Um, I mean, we don't know about TJ Carter yet. He's day to day. Uh, he hasn't been playing the past couple games, but it, what, what's your sense of where this defense is at? Like, you know, we, Mike McIntyre spoke to us earlier today. We're recording this on Tuesday and, you know, rightfully so was, you know, trying to spin this in a positive way uh, about this defense, but, Evan, where are you at with this defense? Like, are you worried, concerned, encouraged? How, how would you describe how you feel going into the Cincinnati game? I'm kind of worried, but de- the fact that Desmond Ritter isn't, you know, going to probably put up 300 yards on this defense, I'm not as worried about that. And I think Rodney Owens, who had two interceptions people and could have had a third, is a bright spot that I think is going to be, you know, used more. But I'm still worried just because I feel like this defense has shown they can get stops to win a game for you. But in between that moment from start to finish, they're going to give you a heart attack and stress and all kinds of sweats and everything else like that. Um, I feel like you could say they turned the corner, but I'm also worried because opposite Jacoby Francis, I don't know what you could say about the other defensive back. I mean, John Broussard had a rough day. Um, Silvante Oliver, Oliver had a rough day. Yeah. Off opposite J- Jacoby Francis, so it's Tyrez Lindsey had a rough yeah, day I mean, again. Who who in that yeah. secondary besides Rodney Owens and Jacoby had great days? I mean, that's where your Kindle Johnson's been all right. No, right? Is it Quindell Quindell or Kindle? No, Quindell's, Quindell. Quindell's his, his twin, right? Yeah, Quindell, or his Quindell has been had a great season. He's definitely you know on pace for a great year. Um, but I'm just going to read some of these stats because I'm um as you read this um this is really incredible. Memphis is last in total defense, giving up 567.9 yards per game. Last in the country? In the country. Mm-hmm. Last in passing defense. 97th in opponent first downs. Uh, 95th in passing plays allowed of 30 or more yards. Um, 88th in yards per play, and they're last in the AAC with that. Um, those are just some of the bad stats. Now, the good news is the run defense, which Cincinnati – is going to run the ball, pound the ball. Memphis is pretty good in stopping the run. They're 33rd in rushing defense. Uh, they're 38th in yards per carry allowed. They're actually not a bad red zone defense. They're 14th in opponent red zone conversion percentage. That's not bad. And they have 10 takeaways, which is 15th in the country. It's just the secondary is not that good, and they give up too many big plays. And Mike McIntyre rightly said, it's up to the front seven to create more pressure. And I think you were talking about that too, that that needs to happen more. But this defense, you look at this and say, yeah, they're three and one. But at what point is this defense you're going to look at and say, it's a liability when you when you really need it? Now, granted, they aren't going to play a quarterback to the level of Shane Bouchelle or Dylan Gabriel for a while. And Desmond, as we said, he is a dual threat guy. He can throw it, but he's going to run it too. But I, maybe they turn the corner against Temple, but what does that say against Cincinnati? I don't know. I don't know. Again, I, I feel like we are going to – everything we want to know about this team, that's what makes this game so intriguing from a Memphis standpoint, is like everything we're wondering about, 
I think we're going to get answers in this Cincinnati game. Like if you can win this game, like you're good enough. Like I think this Cincinnati team is really good. I don't know how good Memphis is. Like, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I think my, my sense is what your sense is, Evan, that they, they don't seem as good. They don't seem as explosive on, they're not quite as explosive on offense as last year. And the defense appears to have taken a step back, but they could change. They could completely change that impression in one game, I think, because that's how good this Cincinnati team seems to be. And, and I'll take it a step further. If they lose in a close fashion where it's competitive and they're close, they don't get their doors blown off of them. I think I would still take that as a positive where it's like, okay, you lose to Cincinnati, fine. They're a top 10 team. But if it's respectable and it's close and you're in the game, it's not like a game where you have to like chase them and get stopped at the end, but it's like. Eh, I don't know if that's a positive. You, like, you're, you're, you're the top dog in the AAC. You want to stay the top dog in the AAC. Like, I'm not saying it's like a disaster if you lose to a really good Cincinnati team close, but, like, this is a program that has elevated its expectations given what it's done in recent years. And you certainly don't want to get blown out by Cincinnati, but I don't even think you – I mean, you know, I don't think you – they're six – what are they, six-point underdogs? I mean, yeah. Yeah. it should be a close game. And, again, I but I think it, there's – there's a lot of different factors involved. Like they need break. Like I think this team to reach its potential needs Brady white to play out of his mind. Like he did against UCF. Is that fair? Probably not like to Brady, but like, that's just where we are. They lost Kenny Gainwell. They lost to Monty Coxey that, you know, the, the defense lost a bunch of guys. Like this is not the same team. We thought they were going to be personnel wise in the preseason. Like that's the bottom line. There's a lot of new faces all over the field, um, who didn't play against Cincinnati in the AAC championship right, game. Right. <laughs> so let's uh, let's put in perspective real quick exactly what Memphis has seen so far this year, uh, opponent-wise, off, talking about offense, opposing offenses, and what they're gonna see, um, what they're gonna see against Cincinnati. So so far, uh, Memphis had every offense that Memphis has seen so far this year, the Memphis defense has played against is top 50 in the country, top 45 actually uh, in the country. That's Arkansas State, that's UCF, that's SMU, that's Temple. Um, now, so you, that's like kind of like – The side is, is are they in the top 45 because they played Memphis in one of their games? Like yeah. that's the devil's advocate argument. Yeah, we need a bigger sample size. But yeah. so the, the, the flip side, bad news uh, side of that is Cincinnati's also a top 50 50 offense uh scoring offense in the country they're 23rd i think in points per game so i I will say when you watch them play i've watched two of their their games and they look a lot the offense looks a lot like their offense last year like they want to pound it on the ground ritter is a much bigger you want to force ritter to throw the ball he's not a great passer um it's with his legs where he's really dangerous and that's a different type of threat than memphis has faced through four games. Um, I, I just think I just think the biggest the biggest caveat with this whole game is Cincinnati's defense. I mean, yes, Memphis's offense is really, really good. Brady yeah. White is a very good quarterback. They put up a lot of yards and a lot of points. Cincinnati's defense to this point this year has been really, really, really good. And I don't think Memphis has seen a defense that good um this year. So you know the question is like last year in the championship game. It was a 21-20 game, if I'm not mistaken, right? 29-24 was the final, I think. 29-24? 
Yeah, but Memphis had what? Memphis had twenty two points going into their final drive. They didn't score that many points. Gotcha. Yeah. So like, can the, the I think the big question is, can can this Memphis team win a game scoring less than thirty points? Because like that might be the case in this. You know what I mean? Like yeah, with a defense yeah. this good, that's that might be what you're forced to do is win a game, especially on the road, even though there's going to be no one there in Cincinnati. Um, no, I guess it's like a sparse crowd. Family, Inclu- inclu- you say no one there in Cincinnati, including Kenneth Gainwell and Demonte Coxey. Exactly. Um, so it's just, you know, that's what, again, we're going to find out everything we want to know about this team this week. This week will crystallize what this season can be or will be or what, you know, what, you know, it's, it, that's why it's such an important game. Um, we should mention, we're talking about the defense a lot. We did talk you know, the news today that broke uh, Brett McMurphy first reported it. Mike McIntyre, the defensive coordinator. I know there's some fans who are kind of, you know, who, what the heck's up with this guy? This defense stinks now, you know, but like he actually uh, apparently uh, a couple weeks ago interviewed with Austin P for its head coaching job, or at least spoke to the Austin P athletic director. I don't know if it was a formal interview or not. Um, and ultimately uh, elected not to uh, pursue the job or turned it down, whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it. Um, and he said today he didn't want, you know, it sounds like McIntyre has fallen in love with the grit of his Memphis defense. Uh, now, again, I don't know if that was him spinning things positive, but he was, he seems very uh, happy with the demeanor and the attitude and the, and the style of these players uh, at Memphis. And so he basically said, like, I couldn't imagine leaving them in the middle of the season, which is what he would have had to do to take the Austin P job. And he mentioned, he goes, there's a, there's just a, a, there's a built-in culture here now where these kids at Memphis just expect to win. Um, and I think that might be their, that's probably one of the great things going for them heading into this game. Like, frankly, on paper, it looks like Cincinnati is the better team, but like one thing I think this team has proven through four games is that on paper, like there's a lot more to this team than what's like on the roster. Like in terms of like the names on the roster, like this team has the built in heart of a team that's bit of a program that's been through a lot the last five years during its rise. Um, and McIntyre and McIntyre's already noticed it. He said, "Like these guys, it's just a gritty team of players who expect to win, and so that could work in their favor against Cincinnati. Like you know, just sheer will uh, might be able to get them over the top." Yeah, and I think I just realized this. Like Memphis has trailed at halftime of their last three games. SMU, or did, did, were they tied at SMU? I don't remember. They were tied, but they had to come back. No, they were down at rally. They were down. Okay. So they trailed at halftime in three games and they came back to make them close. So I think you see the fight in this team. And I think Brady's spoken about that too. There is a fight in that defense. They have gotten timely second half stops. So you give them that. Um, I just think it's interesting though, that, you know, again, this came up now, like, you know, I I'm surprised, obviously you guys would know more than me, but it's rare to see a, a coaching carousel start. Well, because well, I believe you know? Austin Peay's coaches, Got fire or left? No, no. Well, it's it's because Austin Peay's playing in the spring, so that's that's yes. kind of why yes. they 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 had a deadline of like 
having a guy in place by November 1st. Gotcha. Gotcha. Ah, okay. An interim head coach because their last coach uh, resigned. Um, so. One other thing I wanted to get to with Cincinnati. Um, Memphis's walkthrough on Friday. Um, we got a new Mark. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off. This is all you. Good luck. <laughs> well, their new wrinkle, a new wrinkle was added to the matchup on Monday uh, during his weekly press conference. Ryan Silverfield revealed that this is how Ryan Silverfield phrased it. He said that because so Nippert Stadium, where Cincinnati plays its home games, it's on campus stadium, which is actually looks like a really I haven't actually covered a game there, but when I went to Cincinnati for basketball the past couple years. Like you walk right past it and it's like, it's a cool looking stadium. It's like built into the campus almost. Um, But apparently, so FC Cincinnati, which is Cincinnati's MLS team plays its home games there as well. And so Ryan Silverfield said, this will be the first time he's going to have to show his players pictures of the stadium uh, because Memphis hasn't played there since 2016 uh, on the way there, rather than having a walkthrough at the stadium, because uh, Cincinnati informed Memphis that Friday, it's going to be lining the field uh, following the FC Cincinnati game. Um, and so as a result, Silverfield said, Memphis is going to have to do its walkthrough in the, ho- in its hotel parking lot in Cincinnati on Friday. Uh um, subsequently clarification from Cincinnati revealed that this is something they've been doing for five years. Um, and like Cincinnati doesn't use the field for a walkthrough before games. They always line it on Fridays before a Saturday game. And that Cincinnati offered Memphis, uh, it's the same field it uses for walkthroughs. Um, just after Cincinnati uses it, I believe it was five thirty, and that Memphis declined because they said it was too late and decided to do their or, or do their parking lot walkthrough. Um, I subsequently called this bush. I, I called this a bush league stunt by Cincinnati. I've since retracted stunt because they've been doing it for five years. I still think it's bush league, and. Cincinnati fans are all over me uh, about it on social media, but I think it's good. Mark, Mark, give us a taste of what's what your mentions yeah. been like. Uh, what's see. like the best one? Is there a one that stands out or not really? I mean, like, you know, it's all just your typical calling me a moron type of stuff. Some of the stuff Memphis fans have called me in the past, you know, nothing, nothing new. Yeah, I noticed, I noticed there was a lot of, Oh yeah, your Bush, your Bush league. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that. that. True too. That might be true too, Jason. Like I'm not too, those two things. They're not like one and the other. Like I could also be Bush league. You can neither but, confirm nor deny. Yeah, but Bush league means like something that is not up to standard in my mind. Like it's like you know, it's not up. It's not a, of the highest quality, if you will. And like, I'm sorry, but like not. You, FC Cincinnati plays on Wednesday night. You can't line the football field between Wednesday night and Friday afternoon. There are high there are high school parents all over the country who line football fields. I'm sure could line a football field between Wednesday night and Friday afternoon. I mean, I've never done it, so I don't know. 
But like, and so I just think it's Bush League. Like, this is the number seven team in the country, and you don't have access to your field the day before games. Give me a break. That's that's you're not. I don't think you're off base. Like, uh, I'm not saying this doesn't ever happen. Like, I'm sure this is, Memphis is not the first team I, that has to that has to do a walk through away from the stadium they're playing at the next day. But it doesn't mean it's the like it's good. Yeah, it doesn't make it okay. You ask Luke Fickle, hey, Luke Fickle, are you happy that you guys don't get to do walkthroughs on Friday on your own home field? I bet you Luke Fickle would say no, and that's probably why eventually I'm going to end up at a Power 5 school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. To your point, I I bet he would say everywhere else I've ever been, we have access more often, you know, save maybe a, a, a rare occurrence, we have access to our home field. Um, for a walk through the, you know, like it's amazing to me. Like they have their own, they have something Memphis would love, like an, a beautiful on-campus stadium that they run and own, and like, and but they sold their soul to them to get some rent money from MLS, which is fine, I guess. But like, I'm gonna. That's a bush league to me. Yeah, they, that does that doesn't. Know, like, it's not bush. You, know, league. If you you can make that choice, but I'm also gonna make the choice to call that bush league, and so I do think it's. It's something Silverfield mentioned, I think, purposefully, because, again, I mentioned this earlier, the motivation, the the narrative factor, if you will, is all on Cincinnati's side on this because of what Memphis did to Cincinnati last year. And I think what this does is, you know, it's an artificially created, you know, controversy. But it might be something that, you know, this Memphis team can use to fire itself up a little more for any, you know, for a game again that's going to, you know, their biggest game of the season. Um, And so, I don't know. It's just, I'd never heard, I'd never heard of a team not being able to do walkthroughs on its field the day before a game. I've covered college football. I've covered multiple programs over, you know, almost 15 years now. I've never heard of that. Especially on a regular basis. No. Yes. Yeah. It's like one thing if like, and it would be another thing, honestly, if like the Cincinnati women's soccer team had a game on Friday, I I would understand that. Like it's your soccer team, but this is, there's not even a game going on. It's like, we are going to, we're going to line the field on Friday and, and Cincinnati, I'm sorry, I'm going on a rant here, but Cincinnati could have, I could have, I could have heard the justification of, because if you look at the forecast, Cincinnati, it's supposed to rain on Thursday. If Cincinnati had said it's supposed to, there's a soccer game Wednesday night, and then there's heavy rain in the forecast on Thursday, so we're not going to be able to line the field till Friday. That would make sense. That's not what Cincinnati said, though. Cincinnati said we always do paint our field on Friday, um, which just doesn't make any sense to me at all. So, Ladies and gentlemen, um, your final rant of the podcast. Yeah, Cincinnati's not a Bush League football team, but it is Bush League about walkthroughs. That's that's how that's that's how I would phrase it. Um, so you feel better? Yeah, it's good to get that off my chest. I'm glad. I'm glad you let that out. It was sitting there for a few day after a day. I'm glad. Yeah. So all right. So Evan, let's wrap this up like this. How do you see this game? And we'll ask the same question to you, Jason. How do you see this game playing out? I see, and we have to remember that this is Memphis' second road game. I see Memphis starting slow. I see Memphis getting rhythm. I see Memphis punching back. I see Cincinnati winning 
I mean, I, I, I think Cincinnati is going to come out with motivation. I think Memphis is not going to back down. It will be a close game. I don't see Cincinnati blowing the doors off of them like they did SMU. Um, but I just think Cincinnati. Well, that's the, it's funny. That SMU game was a lot closer than the final score indicated. It, that was it, like a. It was, but let's also remember SMU didn't have, you know, Reggie Roberson, a few other guys. Like it was close until Redders 91 yard touchdown, but. Cincinnati was in control of that game. Let's let's be fair. Yeah, there was you're right. There was never a moment where you're like Cincinnati's going to lose this game. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I think Memphis. That's why I think Memphis will be right there because they have more depth. I think than SMU proven that the SMU has. But I think Cincinnati does pull it out just because they're at home. Memphis, you know, on the road took a while to get going. If they can do better starting, they have a chance. But I, I think Cincinnati puts the final punches and makes it a a tough loss. Go ahead, Jason. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think Cincinnati wins this game. I think, um, I don't know. I could see, I could see it playing out the way Evan, um, the same way Evan does kind of where there's, there is uh, Cincinnati starts fast. Memphis, you know, finds a rhythm and, and uh, makes it interesting maybe midway through the third quarter. But I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that it's actually going to be um, a little bit, wider margin than Evan does. I, I'm I'm thinking like, you know, maybe ten plus you both think you both think Cincinnati beats the spread. I do. I do. I, I'm thinking like, you know, I I don't think Memphis uh I, I don't think the final score is gonna be within ten points. And and see here's the key. The key to me is I, I don't see Memphis like I mentioned earlier. I do not see Memphis winning a game where their offense can't score 30 points against a team like this. So the question to me becomes like, I think Memphis can win this if Brady white has an otherworldly performance, because I don't think, I think this Cincinnati offense matches up better with the Memphis defense because Memphis is much better in its front seven on defense. And so I think, I actually think the defense will play – I think the defense is going to be able to maybe not stop Cincinnati's offense. I think the key for Memphis is just, to me, if you can – if Ritter can't get loose, I think you're going to be fine if you're Memphis. Um, and so I look at the two quarterbacks. To me, the – like, he's – you know, I don't want – Ritter cannot have a field day running the ball. Like, he can, you cannot have him running for more than 100 yards. Um, and then Brady needs to play – you know, the sort of game he did against UCF. Um, and so do I think that's possible? Yes, I do. I think it's possible Memphis can win this game. It just, it feels, it, it's going to be very difficult, especially if Memphis doesn't play it. Memphis going to have to play its best game of the year. I suspect this is going to be just like the two meetings last year, close all the way, whatever the final score says, it's going to be close all the way and decided in the fourth quarter. Um, and I will say this, if it's tied up, I like, I like having Brady white in an end of game situation more than I like having Desmond Ritter. Um, my gut tells me Cincinnati will win. Um, but I suspect I, I am hopeful that Memphis will play its best game of the year and that this is going to come down to the wire just like the AAC championship game. 
I hope it does. And if it does, like I said, I will take that. If I was Memphis, I would take that and say, all right, you lose a close game at home to a top 10 team. All right, you take that. But they have a chance. Everything has to break right. We're not saying that there's no chance, but. I don't think everything has to break right. They just have to play well. Like they can't play like they did against Temple. And they but that's what I mean, though. Like, that's what I mean. Like, we yeah. have to see them do that. They have yet to play a full four quarters, and I think they have to do that. They can't afford a slow start. They can't play from behind too deep. Um, but, yeah, there's a chance. I think I – think you mentioned the slow start. You think they're going to get off to a slow start. I think a big uh, – another big thing is get a lead so Ritter has to throw the ball more. Like, I know that's weird because of this secondary at Memphis, but I'd rather have Ritter throwing the ball than Ritter running the ball or them grinding it out on the ground. I don't know. It's, it's a tough matchup. It's, a, it's just Cincinnati. This is, there's a reason why Luke Fickle turned down a, a big payday at Michigan State to come back to Cincinnati this year. He knew his team was loaded. There's a reason why Marcus Freeman, Cincinnati's defensive coordinator, turned down a bunch of big paydays to be a defensive coordinator in Power 5 leagues. He knew this Cincinnati defense was elite. Like, this is – whereas Memphis looks completely different than they did in that championship game, right down to the coaching staff. Cincinnati has brought back a ton of people from that team that, that are, you know, frankly out for revenge. Uh, and that's why it makes it such a fun game. It's such a great narrative game. If you will, you got the walkthrough, you've got payback from last year. You've got Memphis's just guts and unwilling. I, I, I like to call this team stubborn. They're like stubborn. Upper. Like they should, you know, they, they refuse to be um, anything, anything less than what their predecessor was, whether that's possible or not. I don't know. But like right now, I love that stubbornness about this team, an unwillingness to uh, unwillingness to relent, even in the face of circumstances that might suggest that that other teams would relent in. So I, I'm really looking forward to watching this game at Nippert Stadium. Halloween, uh, 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, Evan will be up there in Cincinnati. He's gonna he's gonna drive. He's gonna eat some chili, um, and then he's gonna head home. And then he's gonna watch a cover a football game, and then he's gonna head home. You gonna bring chili for me and Jason? I think I will. I've been looking it up. It looks pretty good. I will have to. Uh... Have you never had like well? So Skyline Chili is the famous one, but it's like not like. It's not that good. It's like fine, but like you better have access to a bathroom within like an hour after you eat it. There's also like gold star chili. That's not terrible. What uh, do you have against Cincinnati? Good lord. I like Cincinnati's like, right. you are going full on heel. I I I don't mind Sky. I think if you ask people in Cincinnati, they'd go it's they'd go Sky and Chili's like, all right. It's not like like the it's the famous one. It's kind of like rendezvous here in memphis like rendezvous fine but it, i wouldn't say like most memphis people don't call it the best barbecue in memphis tourists do what do you think of joe burrow what do i think of joe burrow he's yeah. pretty, pretty good seems pretty good for the Bengals so far okay. so um a nice casino in Mem- in cincinnati as well evan in case you want to gamble at night i'm gonna tell you i ain't going nowhere except my hotel and getting some food <laughs> y'all, see, y'all see the news right now I, i'm probably gonna stay in my hotel <laughs> smart <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, looking forward to that on Saturday. Um, we'll have tons of coverage on commercialappeal.com Saturday. Evan live from Cincinnati. I'll have a column uh, writing off the game as well. Uh, and then we'll meet back here next Tuesday 
uh, or next week, whenever you end up listening to this podcast, and we'll recap it uh, here. Uh, so till next time, I was Mark. I was joined by Jason and Evan. Thank you so much, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.